Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back to Two in the Tackle for 2022. I had a long break. Uh, last year I just stopped. I just stopped doing a podcast now. Um, if I haven't spoken to you about it, pretty much what happened. I got the shits with rugby league, I got the shits with the way they were ruling on the high tackle and all that jazz. Um, so I just stopped recording. I thought if all I'm going to do is win, 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 if all it does is rugby league makes me miserable, stop watching it. So stop watching it. I didn't watch it for two weeks other than Roosters matches. And then uh, I started watching it slowly, you know, increased, and now I'm back up to games. So I'm back on board. I love me rugby league. Don't you worry about that. But uh, yeah, been a, been a bit, of, bit of time out. Um, but yeah, we're here to go again. Um, I did do recording last week, uh, but I I recorded it on the phone as a foot video video on the phone, and yeah, I just couldn't get couldn't share the audio on here anymore on, on here through that way. Was so it's on my TikTok, uh, Willis One Nerves, um, but yeah, that episode's on my TikTok. Uh, go back if you want to have a listen to it. But yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be launching on here now. I'll be just going. I'm just going straight live. Um, not talking about you know not too much structure. You know how to get started and uh, see how we go. Anyway, yeah, thanks for coming back and tuning back into the to the tour of the tackle. Now, um, yeah, last week I spoke about Parramatta and how I liked. How they played Dylan Brown. Now this week they lose. They lose to the fucking Cowboys, and all of a sudden they're moving Dylan Brown out of five eight, the form five eight of the competition, out of to the centres is ruining the Parramatta seal, which to me is quite ridiculous. One because of what I said last week about Dylan Brown and the Parramatta seal, but two they flogged the Newcastle Knights last week, and no no one sung up and down about that. Maybe their super coach teams might get impacted by it or or something like that. But the reality of the situation, and you can go find it on my TikTok, is Dylan Brown just plays Dylan Brown rugby league. You know? Him and Sean Lane, as we saw against the Newcastle Knight, they still got their combo. They interchange with their positioning. Archer comes in there and he just... Uh, it's just people crying for the sake of crying. Um, they made a big song and dance about the Bulldogs getting screamed at by Gus Gould as if he hasn't screamed at nobody before. They made a big song and dance about fucking um, Kalen Ponga getting signed and all this razz, dazz, and then blow up when it's a big song and dance. They're the ones making it a song and dance. So it ain't new. It's not something new and fresh to 2022, but it, it feels as though it's getting worse and worse and worse. They sensationalise... The news for that week. The Tigers were getting smashed all week. Now they're back. They're back. They won fucking two games, man. They won two games. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they're going. And if they maintain that effort, they're going to win more than two games. But, like, this whole... They just make up. And then every week, it's the new drama that's been going for ages. But the only thing that's been going for ages is Ricky Stewart. And he shouldn't be going for this long. It's... It, the topic on Shrekky Stewart should have ended years ago. I've already run the stats on Sticky. I told you his record without Brad Fittler. I told you his record. Um, it's subpar. It's subpar for any any. That record is subpar for any circumstance. 
It doesn't matter what you do. Now, in rugby league, all you need to do is make the top half of the competition. The top half of the competition. That's it. So really, you should be doing that once every two years. Or as an average. Your team, as a fan, you know, you want to be in, you know, in a, in a decade, you want to see finals five times. If you see finals less than five times in a decade, that's been a failure. For that decade. That decade's been an atrocious decade. And then the decades where you spend 10 out of 10 in there, that's been a good year. That's been a good patch for you too. That's just mathematics. Now other teams might, you know, their fan base might demand success and all that garbage. But the truth of the matter is, there's 16 sides, there's 8 teams in the playoffs. Maths. So all the ones who say that, oh, we demand better, we demand this, we demand that, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. You're full of shit. It doesn't make you a better fan. It doesn't make you more know about footy because your team wins more games and appears in grand finals and semi-finals more often than another team. That makes you more tuned with how football goes. No. That just means the team you picked is a team that has more success than other teams. But mathematically, 5 out of 10, you should be making it. Ricky Stewart ain't making it 5 out of 10. He's lucky to have made it 5 times post Brad Fittler. Brad Fittler retired at the end of 2004, as we all know. You know, Ricky Stewart and Luke Rickardson wasn't having none of that shit. Ricky Sh- Luke Rickardson wasn't going to have none of that shit from the Cowboys. He fucking let them know. You know? Um, so, yeah, Ricky Stewart, uh, his days are numbered. He, his days are numbered. I've been championing him to not get signed, but I knew he was going to keep getting coached. Been coaching and coaching and coaching, but... Um, yeah, his days are numbered. I'll be surprised if he lasts the end of the season because, yeah, they're going nowhere. I don't know how long he's got locked on his contract, actually, so I can't tell you by the end of this year. But he ain't he ain't getting better. He's gonna be, he won't coach a game at the Canberra Raiders. There you go. I said it. He will not coach at the... He will not extend his tenure at the Canberra Raiders. I said it. You heard it here first on Tour to Tackle. Now, just on Tour to Tackle quickly. How cool is it? Oh, it's one of your kids. One second. Right, sorry about that. I just had to put one of the kids to bed, bloody hell. Karen on a treat as they do this time or not. All right, so yeah, there we go. Um, oh, sorry, two in the tackle. That's what I was saying. Um, how good is it? Hearing them say two in the tackle all the fucking time. You know, they're representing. All right, now, um, there were no dummy files over the weekend. So they all listened last week. They all must have checked out my TikTok because there was no dummy files. There was a few close ones. There was a few that did go, but I just feel as though it was probably a little bit, there was a bit of distance there where they're right on the borderline. So although um, no one was entered into the dummy file from the weekend, definitely I'm still on watching, you know, you guys are pushing it. You guys are pushing it. Nothing, I've seen nothing like Viral's in a long, long time. Um, that was an outlier there from Sammy Verrills there. Three on Anzac Day was a shot. Two from Verrills. There's one else from someone else. Can't remember who it was. Might have been McCulloch, not sure. Um, but definitely keeping an eye on those dummy files. So, Joe Manu, I know you scored a couple of trials at an acting half there a few times, but you're getting close. Um, there was a few from the Tigers getting close. But there was no no one that I entered in that I saw. I'm sure, you know, if you guys spotted a couple out there, let me know, please. Because we'll be putting them straight in. 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's good to hear them talking about two in the tackle in all, my ma- in all the matches, you know. So free promo out there, keep it going, keep it going. But um, another thing I noticed since pretty much since we we stopped the show last year, and you know we've we've stopped recognising the front rowers trials, and you know the front rowers they've been boycotting, they've been boycotting. Now there were a couple over the weekend. Now let me just double check. Okay, I'm pretty sure there was one. Okay, we'll check the first. No. Check the second game. No. There was this um, Tom Burgess from the South City Rabbitohs scored us the front rowers try. I think there might have been one more. One more. Um, bear with me, please. Bear with me for those of you playing at home. Um no, it wasn't the Roosters game. We bloody got a touch up. We'll get we'll get to the Roosters, don't you worry. We'll get to the Roosters. I know you guys are all hanging in there for the Roosters. We'll get there. We'll get there. Storm, that's it. Um, I don't want to get his name wrong. I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. Yeah, Tepai Moiro. Moiro, a long sleep. Long sleep. Long moi. <laughs> uh, yeah, so two tries there. So, you know, one thing that this, this show really does is we recognise the ones who deserve the recognition. And if that's front rolls, most of the times it is front rolls. And so the front rolls tries, I, I really, really, really felt for the front rolls last year when I stopped doing it because I was the only one who recognises front rolls. And it, it, and, it, and it showed. They stopped scoring trials. They were boycotting just like I was boycotting. So I'm gonna I've, I've come back and that's the, what I want to make sure is recognised again in our game is the you know the people who give us a game really without the front rowers there ain't no game so we got to recognise them and the hard work that they do because without them they are the backbone to this game this premiership front rowers okay so two this weekend I want to see I want to see that double I'm looking for four maybe five. Five front rowers over the weekend. That's what we want. That's what we're aiming for. Nelson Asafa Solomona with the kick the other night. That was a beauty, wasn't it? Oh, Nelson Asafa Solomona. So, yeah, we're going to be recognising those guys. On to the Roosters. On to the Roosters now. So, defensively, uh, two tries against the Dragons last week. What was it? Three tries against the Bulldogs this week. Uh, we don't want to be conceding any more than three and against the Bulldogs. That was, you know, we maxed out against the Bulldogs. So we've got to be trying to be performing better. But at the same time, um, the tries that they did score were lapses, little lapses. It wasn't, it wasn't a hole. It wasn't a, a deficiency. The deficiency that South Sydney managed to identify and expose every single time we play them, it wasn't one of those. So they're getting slightly better, obviously, but offensively we're still in, in tatters, really. We've, Victor Radley hasn't been able to really... Um, I feel as though maybe because there's an increase in that role now where that, where that middle forward punches in you know, sucks them all in. Because that's more common now, defensive sides are a lot more prepared, a lot more aware. And also, like, sometimes you just, as a squad, as a team, as a collective, you just need to, you know, have a few set of rules that you want to play by. Whereas, 
you know, maybe previously they weren't, it wasn't quite um, across the NRL in terms of being able to collectively work together. Now, you know, South Sydney is still having, still having success with it. And the Penrith Panthers, obviously the biggest exponents of it, are still having success with that there too. So, um, you know, a little bit could be, you know, opposition preparing better. But obviously, a part, large portion of it could come down to just us, the Roosters, not being able to execute as well as they previously have. Now, again, I've said this a thousand times, Hargraves is getting towards the end of his career. Siwa Takiaho, apparently it's his last season in the NRL. And those two were pivotal parts of our forward pack and our for. And when they're making inroads and they're being able to punch through and make, um, make an impact on the game, it just allows Victor Radley to have more expectancy there. And you see late in that second half, or all of that second half, the the Roosters were well on top of the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs hung on, you know, did well enough. And, and sometimes in situations that they're in, you just want to make sure you get a W. Sometimes, you know, how you get the W is irrelevant. You just want to get back into that winner's circle. And they managed to do that. But the Roosters were definitely finding inroads there. And that's when Victor Radley uh, was able to get his get his game going and, and Tedesco I feel as though teams are definitely more accustomed to Tedesco and more prepared for Tedesco again it comes around with tools and, and, and combinations knowing what they want to do together to be able to nullify Tedesco you know if you're not on your be- you're not on your best behaviour or you're not up to scratch he still makes you pay but teams are a lot more prepared for Tedesco these days and he hasn't really been able to you know do what he's done over the last few years for the Roosters. Now, that's not his fault. I think he's, you know, again, as all 17 Roosters players that play every week, it seems as though that they're all trying their asses off and they're all putting in individually good performances, but collectively, especially with the ball more so, they're uh, not really, uh, they're lacking a lot of polish. Now, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that. Um <clears throat> And a little bit comes down to, I think, the the lack of experience with Kiri and Walker. Now, I think they're both phenomenal players. Uh, and again, individually, I think they're contributing quite a lot individually. But, you know, when you throw them in there collectively as a, as a team unit, I just, I think the Roosters lack that Cooper Cronk out there. And... You see when the Roosters, or any team really, have a Cooper Cronk in their side. It just allows you to show the best, the best version of yourself. And we're, we're not being able to get... Um, we're not able to maximise how often, or we're not getting enough opportunities to max, to showcase our excellence. You know, we, we're getting a few here and there, and we're able to capitalise. Um some of the time and some of the times we just completely bottle them so this the opportunities that we are getting we're still lacking the polish on it and that's where i feel as though when you have a team manager and that, that, that's Kiri, that's on Kiri, and i'm not saying you can't do it it's going to take time um to to get up to cooper Cronk's level of management for consistency as well um and because, yeah, we're lacking that managerial aspect of our game, so side of the game, we're not allowing ourselves to get as many opportunities as we can. And then when we do get those opportunities, we're not in the best 
positions or you know best we're not as organized as we probably need to be clearly because we're not executing um just on the roosters as well i think kevin aguam has been an excellent inclusion and and i think he needs to play for the rest of the season i i think he's in our best 13 uh or you could say best 17 but he should be on the bench because he he's he's better than paul momorowski this year and i think even in general but he's a winger. Now we've got Tupo as one winger and Suoliti as the other winger. And Suoliti's good and he's going to get better. But right now, Kevin Obama is better than him. Then we had Adam Kieran. He played on the weekend better than Momoroski's played all year. So do we go with him? Or do we go with Nagama? Or Suoliti? You know what I mean? It's... Uh, I feel like Paul Morosky might need a few couple games in Reggie's reserve grade just to get his mojo back more so than anything. Not learn how to play footy. It's more to get his mojo back because he's... Uh, it looks like he's left his game at Penrith Panthers. So I hope I'm, I'm, I'm made to look like a fool by the end of the season. He comes home and scores a grand final winner. That'll be excellent. But until then, I think we need to make sure that Kevin Aguama starts every single week for the Roosters because he's just very good in the backfield. That's what I find where I find him most uh, valuable for us is he's very strong in the backfield. Suwali'i is getting better in the backfield, which is impressive for how old he is. Um, and Tupo's always a veteran in the backfield. But Paul Morosky's not known for his backfield play. Joe Manu, you know, isn't known for his backfield play either. And Tedesco, well, Tedesco is known for his backfield play, but he, he hasn't been performing as well as he could either. So we need to make sure that we keep at least the Gama there to really put ourselves in the best position to find our way out of the backfield. Um, so we're obviously going with Joe Manu on the right and uh, in the right centre position. And Tupo in the left winger position. So the ones for upper grade, which is what I said at the beginning of the year, is that left centre and that right winger spot. Now, I feel as though we should be going with, for now, Kevin Nagama at right wing, outside Joey Money. And until he gets his game back, I'd be happy to go with Adam Curry on the left. Because he's actually pretty good defensively. He's very quick. He's got a good IQ, you know. And, you know, uh, he's probably like Mubarovsky in a little bit, in a little way. You know, maybe not as good as him, but, you know, he's not the he's not the center you're going in for the strike. You know what I mean? So, Joe Mudd is our guy we're going for the strike. And, and, and the thing is, he's still crafty enough to be able to execute little plays on the left-hand side. He's not the guy who's going to blast you out of the water on the left-hand side. But he, he can still be creative on the left-hand side. So, I'd be happy to go with Adam Kira. But, you know, we leave that to uh, Robbo. And in the forward pack, uh, it really gets... But, I just think we've got to start with Hargraves and Siwa, Bokeaho. Start with him and Victor Radley at the back, the 13. 
Angus is our best back row. He's been our best forward all year. You know, he might have come off the bench for a little while there. And every time we come on, it was like he had the shits with us, with, with the selection. Good on him. And he's, he's our best forward at the moment. So he's on the right. And Satili, Satili, you know, he does some brilliant things on Satili, but there's some times where he just doesn't do the right thing. And it's easy from where I sit. I sit in an armchair. You know, air-conditioned house. No, not really. It's not even air-conditioned in any. What am I talking about? But you know what I mean. So, um, I get it. Satili does deserve to be starting there on the left. And then, yeah, Sam Ferrells. I'm, I'm happy for Ferrells to be there. But I want Hacha on the on the forearm until Connor's fully fit. Because the thing with Hacha is, you know you're going to get... Um, Stability. You know you're going to get stability, but you're not. What you're not going to get is explosiveness, which is what Connor Watson can offer. And Verrills, he he he's building, and he'll he'll create that that calm or that that composure or that stability through the most large portion of the match, and then in air in moments through the game, late in halves. That's where Connor Watson can really really look to exploit some side players in around that middle third. So that'll be our best 14, I suppose. And then the rest, I'd be happy to go with Lindsay Collins, Nat Butcher. And we haven't seen anything of Egan. Egan Butcher this year. So it could be a question mark on him. Um, who else have we got there? There's Fletcher Baker. He's been, you know, here and there. There's um, uh, Fafita. And there's a few others that have, you know, had a go here and there with the Roosters. But, you know, I think we're, we're waiting for Egan to get back. And actually, you know, I haven't heard much of him, so I'm, I'm thinking he's injured. That's not the worst thing, because he, we need him. We need him. We don't want him going to somewhere else. Uh, well, that's enough about the Roosters for now. I suppose who they got this weekend? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, just on, on, um, oh yeah, just on this week's matches, there's actually some blockbusters. We've got South Sydney versus Adam Reynolds. We've got the bottom of the table, Sticky versus Bulldogs. Sticky and Baz. Actually, sorry, no, the Knights are on the bottom of the table, but yeah, Trent Barrett, um, I think these two coaches are the worst coaches in the game and they're playing each other. So that'll be a good match. And then we've got the Battle of the West, Penrith Panthers versus the Parramatta Seal, which I've got a sneaking suspicion the Parramatta Seal might have had the one eye on this this game. And they're going to need two eyes this week because the Panthers remember what happened in that trial and they're going to make sure that it was just a trial. And then on Sunday, 2 o'clock, there's the Melbourne Storm versus the St. George Illawarra Dragon, a replay of the 1999 Grand Final. So, yeah, there's a few games this week. Uh, but obviously the match of the round, Friday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, 7.55 kickoff. The Penrith Panthers versus the Parramatta Seal. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward, this type of game. You know, We know what we're going to get from the Panthers. They've shown us for the last two and a half years or two and a bit years. And we know what the Parramatta Seal need to do. So... Um, I don't want to sound like a cliche bot here, but that's what I do. That's what I do very well. 
My gym just got to need a high-intensity game. And these are the type of matches, right, where, like, you sort of peek into the future because, really, the best games for me right now is a team that goes 100 miles an hour but in a ruck-out kind of game. So they're rucking it out. So... Um, for me, the teams that could do that the longest, be able to go end-to-end. So by end-to-end, what I mean is, um, you know, the fullback catches it on his 10-metre line, gets tackled, and they ruck it out, and then they kick it down to the opposing team, who then they ruck it out. And the team who's happy to go ruck for ruck or, you know, get out set for get out set, the longest is usually the team that wins the game. But not always. Most of the times it is. Um, and, and those are the types of games that I actually are starting to enjoy watching, especially nowadays, because that rock for rock anymore, well, defensively, they're not, um, they're really, really trying to, trying to apply the pressure. And the only way to bust, to break that is you actually have to um, play at the same intensity offensively. So it's, um, you don't necessarily see them throwing the ball around in terms of trying to penetrate through the defense. It's, you know, it's smash for smash. And so, for Parramatta to beat Penrith on the weekend, which they're not going to lay down, they're going to try and get to them, they have to do that for 80 minutes. So, there's a while these games are going to be a cracker. And, and also the history. So, first of all, they're rivals. Second of all, they... Uh, Parramatta know that the Panthers are the benchmark and can beat them. They know they can beat them. I don't know if they have recently in the last few years, but they know they can. So that's why I think this game's for, you know, something to look at your lips for. Anyway, I'm gonna, I think that's going to be enough for this this week. Um, I'll be back again next week to try and, um, yeah, debrief the next week's games of footy. Anyway. Much love, peace, thanks for listening. We out of here.